0: Good day, good night. Welcome to another edition of the Green Beige podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome a very good friend of mine, former co worker, and Ravens, well, probably the biggest Ravens fan that I know, Mr. David Formisano. David, how's it going?
1: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. We are very glad to have you on. Um, just as a little background, AJ, as I said, David and I used to work together. We go to the Rapids games together. Um, he's gotten me more involved in MLS than they probably ever would have been if it was not for him. So that, that is
2: good. looking out, David. And I I feel like, even though I don't know you, I know you enough fantasy football brings people together. Right. So I feel like you're, I feel like you're a friend of the show now.
1: Oh, yeah. Of course. Because (laughs) I won the first season, so. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: I wasn't too pleased about that, so.
0: Yeah, I think because he beat you in the final, wasn't
2: it? I think so. I think so. So, Yeah. Either that or or he eliminated me before that, but I'm pretty sure I lost him at some point. That's why I wasn't too pleased. In the playoffs. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would tell you just how, how much it affected me because I didn't even get close to the playoffs this year. <laughs> but, David, we are very, very happy to have you here with us because this week our episode is called Bend It Like Beckham. And there was a Beckham that made headlines this week. Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Off the rip. Here we go. Odell Beckham Jr. is here with him. He has signed on the dotted line... And he is officially going to be a member of the Rivers organization, to the tune of 15 million dollars guaranteed, with the potential of being 18 million dollars if the the um the different motivators are hit. So, David, as this is your squad, and then this is your guy over here, does this matter? That's the question that everybody's asking. Does OBJ, to the Ravens actually
1: matter? Yes, very much so. This is – I've never seen the Ravens do anything like this in, in the time I've been a fan, which is basically been the entire time the Ravens have been a franchise. So they've never committed to a free agent like this. Definitely not a, a wide receiver. So, yeah, it's a huge, huge deal. I know the fan base is – we're stoked. This is something we've been asking for for years and years even before Lamar so I think it's a huge deal
0: well is it do you think that this this one actually matters well initially
2: I didn't think it did but I mean I'm just kind of I, I kind of want to lean on David here because I mean he's been a Raven fans, Ravens fan for so long I, I feel like it's bad because I honestly I was caught on the fence right because I'm I'm not sure if it was let me put it this way. Okay, so like you said, David, they really went all in because 50 mil a year for a guy who's coming off of multiple serious injuries to his knees, like it it is a bit of a gamble, but at the same time, you can see it as a, a, a bit of a commitment to like trying to keep their quarterback, I guess. But at the same like, is it that, and this is not necessarily a question to you if you want to answer it, fine, but this is more so what I was thinking. Like, is it that, that this is a move to try and keep Lamar, which from the onset seems like, that's the case, but with the the fact that OBJ has become such a big part receiver in the last few seasons, is it possible as well that it is just a move to to get a receiver, unlike what the Ravens have had in the last few seasons for whoever is going to be under center next season? That that was that that is why I was on the fence about it. I I, I still I'm not sure if this guarantees that Lamar stays, and till Lamar, I, I don't know if it still matters because this doesn't let's be real it has nothing to do with his money it it looks good it looks good because you know this is something that you guys have needed for a while but it doesn't it has no effect on his actual money which was the main issue so i i was kind of caught on the fence in that regard i i would love for you to to go ahead and take
1: it away and and like just get a bit
2: deeper because i i really don't know
1: yeah i was caught on the fence because i didn't think there was any way we were going to sign him i mean that's where that's where my you know shocker or confusion came from is we always get linked with you know with the free agents but they go off and you know and sign a big deal with the Jets or the you know the Cardinals or Jacksonville whoever's splashing money and in in the offseason so I don't obviously I'm biased I don't think the Ravens make this move if if Lamar's not coming back I I think that uh if you're looking at the meter of whether he's going to stay or go, I definitely think this pushes it towards the stay, whether that means he signs the franchise tag and plays a, you know, a prove it year and and see what happens next year. If, you know, if Lamar can throw a ton of touchdowns to OBJ and stay healthy, play 17 games and, you know, make a good playoff run, you know, that's going to prove it compared to the two years that we've just had where Lamar hasn't played the last couple of weeks of the season because he's gotten hurt. But I think I think OBJ also just gives him that big uh, red zone receiver that he really hasn't had, you know, a, a huge target outside of Mark Andrews. And I think that's gonna be a huge deal for the offense too. Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic
0: looking at this this particular deal. And the optimism part is is easy to to say because first off, as you may mention, David. Your receiving room has been struggling over these last few years, especially. And Mark Andrews has been targets one, two, and three for many, many years, or for many games in a year. So to have an Odell Beckham Jr. to take some of this attention off of him is going to help the offense in general and is going to help him as well because now if you split him out wide the coverage can't automatically rotate over to his side and double him because there is an odell Beckham jr over on the other side and i know we're still hoping for the best when we look at the Duverniers that have to come back and and the other young wide receivers that you've picked up recently so from that perspective that is where my optimism comes from the caution on the other hand has some layers to it as well, because first off, this is this is Odell Beckham Jr. after his second ACL tear. This is this is not Odell Beckham Jr. of the New York Giants level of production. He has not played football in a year because he's been injured. The financial Olay that has been committed to him as well does make me pause a bit because he was not coming for cheap. You've given him a lot of money. So now we have to see is Odell Beckham Jr. in 2023 actually worth $15 million guaranteed, let alone the 18 with the incentives that are built into the deal. And then the other part of it is, Lamar is still not in the building. So you have a new offensive coordinator who's just coming who knows? is trying to get his offense installed and your quarterback is not there and you've just brought in a starwood receiver as well. How is this going to work?
1: Because- well, Lamar and OBJ were at Live Nightclub on Sunday night. They were they were getting uh, their table service together. So, you know, at least the two of them are in the room. And, uh, you know, it seems like from everything that's come out, Lamar was definitely doing a bit of recruiting to, to OBJ to, to get him to sign with the Ravens.
0: Okay, so, I mean, we will, we will see how that goes, but that, that no segues. Okay. I, oh,
1: I'm sorry. No, I
2: just had one quick question for, for um, David right now. Just really quick. You don't have to go in depth. But with OBJ in now, is he your automatic wide receiver one because of his previous profile, or is it one of your other younger receivers? Because, I mean, I like can mention it, Duvernay, you all brought in Nelson Aguilar. Um, like Andy Isabella uh, was the other name i was trying to remember but like Rashad Bateman who's supposed to be coming off the injury yeah. and all that like so who is your number one obviously outside of Mark Andrews like in terms of the wide receiver like the actual wide receiver like who is your number one right now do you think
1: I think assuming he hits the ground healthy from day one I think it's Odell Beckham Jr.
0: Yeah but okay so Big yes. Yeah, it's a big if, it's true. But the thing is, Beckham has not really been the outside threat. He has, especially in recent years, he has done the majority of his work and the majority of his damage on the inside, working from the slot. So, can a slot receiver be the number one receiver? We will see, I guess. But, I mean, we did, we have touched on it briefly because, you know, We've heard that Lamar has been heavily involved in the recruiting of Beckham. So, I know you said that this brings you more optimism now. So, you honestly do believe that Odell Beckham Jr. coming to Baltimore is going to bring Lamar Jackson back into the fold?
1: I do. I, I, don't, think, uh, I don't think the Ravens front office makes that, you know, that huge commitment, 18 mil, without, without knowing who's going to throw the ball to to back up. okay
0: AJ do you agree <laughs> well like
2: I said before I, I was really on the fence because <laughs> I, I clearly the Ravens have to know more than we do to make this kind of move because it would seem like someone asked me the question earlier and the only thing I could reply is that well the Ravens either want you to think so or they know more than they're letting on like I feel like this move to, to, to kind of like piggyback off of what David said I feel like this is a move that you only make if you have like almost a, without a shadow of a doubt know that this man is coming back. I because I, I find it harder to believe. The second part of what I was thinking is that you're just going to pick OBJ this to, to get the ball thrown in by Tyler Huntley or whoever it is there right now. So I I feel like they're very op- optimistic that he's coming back. So I I'd have to lean in that in that direction. I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I'll just move to the next point here because Washington Baltimore do not quite a back. There have been some reports that Baltimore are in scramble mode. They're doing things now because, yes, it would be great to have Lamar Jackson back, but the report is that Lamar Jackson still wants to get his money. He still wants to be not necessarily the highest-paid quarterback in, in the league, but there are two deals that I believe are heavily influencing what's happening right now. The first one is the Deshaun Watson deal, which he has been reported because we've actually not heard him say anything but he's been reported to have said that he wants a fully guaranteed contract just like what deshaun watson got and then the second contract that is playing into this right now is that deal that the new york Giants just decided to give danny dimes to mr daniel jones which is 40 million dollars a year why on earth do you give daniel jones 40 million dollars a year when daniel jones has not thrown the equivalent of one touchdown pass per game in a season he has not thrown sixteen touchdowns not if, especially not even the seventeen for the 17 games that we've just had so we have a lot of influences right now that are having some sort of putting some sort of pressure on this situation with the Ravens and Lamar. So, David, I know you said that you are you you believe that he's coming back. So, what do you believe that Baltimore
1: should do at quarterback? Pay the man his money. I mean, that's the simplest way I can say it. Um, I mean, he's he's won an MVP. He's you know he's a once in a generation type talent at quarterback, and you know I think they should they should pay him what he wants, but. I think the I think the Flacco contract from 10 years ago is still the uh, still the lingering nightmare for the Ravens in that you know they gave Flacco couldn't couldn't uh sign a free agent for the life of his contract.
0: Okay. I mean that's interesting. I never I hadn't you know remembered Mr. Bell and himself Joe Flacco who mm-hmm. you know caught lightning in the bottle. For one season and then yeah. it has not looked like that again. What about you, AJ? What do you think that Baltimore should do at quarterback?
2: I think, they sh- I think that they should find a way to, to bring Lamar back. Um, and, and based on the evidence, based on what we were discussing before, you do not pay OBJ 15 mil if your quarterback is going to be Tyler Huntley. I'm sorry. So, there, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make any sense. But, and I keep saying 15 because the 15 is guaranteed. Yeah, so, right. Um, even though the figures, overall figure is 18. But I think you have to find some medium. I, I, I really, I, I, I need to say this again. I really bemoan the fact that Lamar does not have an agent. I think that is causing a whole heap of problems in these discussions because they could have been a lot further advanced instead of this make-up-to-break-up sort of situation with, in which I feel like, I, I really feel he's going to end back up at the Ravens. I don't think he necessarily wants to leave but he just wants to be cons- um, compensated adequately based on the market, which is fair. but this is where an agent comes in to be able to mediate between like it they, they don't stop you from getting your money, but they put things into perspective. they make the initial discussions with the team. that's who the team wants to communicate with mostly because a, a, a player can call for what they want, but then it's up to the agent to kind of like saw down those those expectations a little bit to something more realistic, and I feel like that's what he's missing here so I, I don't know if I'm as optimistic as our Ravens fan here that they will just pay him his money, what he wants. But I think that they should find, come to some some sort of uh, amicable, amicable. This is business, but the, yeah. some sort of business conclusion to to get to get him back under center, basically.
1: Yeah, and just to to jump in real quick too. I mean, I completely agree with you as far as the agent. I mean, you look at this deal that you know that Beckham just signed. It's it's a two million dollar salary a 13 million signing bonus and three million in easily reachable guarantees you know that's what an agent does for you is they figure out a way to make it work with the team salary cap and it works for the player and lamar get an agent nice exactly. to say that wearing your jersey
0: <laughs> see so so here is here's where my well i believe that the Ravens also should pay lamar they should pay him but they should have paid him in february they should have paid him in march so right now we have a very expensive game of chicken that is happening right here because lamar wants his money that has been obvious from day one he has said pay me my money show me the benjamins or i'm not coming so when they they gave him the non-exclusive franchise tag remember aj i said that they were also again playing a very dangerous game of chicken because should somebody some team who out there has more cap space than the ravens decided hey we want to have we want to get a really good upgrade at quarterback so you give you the two first round picks we what are picks at this point anyway we'll give you the two first round picks and the will give you 50 million dollars fully guaranteed then david is probably cursing a blue streak because his quarterback is gone and You are then stuck with tyler huntley so for the longest while i've been saying that baltimore should have just paid him this should we should not be this far into the off season heading into the draft in the next few weeks and you still don't know for sure that lamar jackson is coming back to be your quarterback for this season this is ridiculous and this is not something that we typically associate with the Baltimore franchise, but apparently this is the rule that they've decided that they want to take because they don't want to be the second team to give this kind of guaranteed money because, I mean, Kirk Cousins had a fully guaranteed contract, but nobody talks about Kirk Cousins, rightfully so. And the Vikings have not been very good, so why would we talk about them either? But Lamar needs to get his money. Now one of the things that I did see just today, I don't remember who the writer was, but someone there's a rumor out there that the Ravens are kicking the tires on a potential trade for a quarterback who would definitely be an upgrade on Tyler Huntley. But I we will all agree it's not as good as Lamar Jackson. The rumour is that they have reached out to the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they've reached out to the tennessee titans to get what's his name now to get their former i gotta say former no starting quarterback whose name nathan hill yes get right i was ho-
2: i was hoping you would tell me at least cool. malik willis i was hoping you would yeah. tell me at least malik willis <laughs> you know what go ahead go ahead
0: yeah, so that's that's the rumor out there that Ryan Tannehill could be in play if there is no movement on this contract for Lamar Jackson. So I see you shaking your head, David.
1: I don't know. Tell me what you're thinking. I I didn't I didn't see that report. Uh, so you know, so I took me by surprise. But Ryan Tannehill is also a very expensive quarterback. I don't think he has a very cheap deal, and. He's obviously had his injury issues over the last, last year, last couple of years, and also hasn't shown an ability to win in the playoffs. So I don't, I would not be very happy with that. <laughs> what, what, what about
2: you, AJ? You know how I feel about Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. I mean, that 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 would be the, ultimate we do not know what we're doing move and just so mm-hmm. let's try and like make something happen out of desperation and it 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 kind of stinks to the high heavens when front offices do this kind of thing like with no sort of contingency plan I I, it, I mean it let, let's be honest it's hard to it's almost damn near impossible to replace Lamar's talent in the league so and anybody else might be a uh, lateral step at best if you can get that but it, it's a step down but Tannehill? Nah, you're going down to the basement. Now, right? <laughs> what?
0: No, what? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And this is, no, it's
2: no, but it's no disrespected Tannehill. But it, it's, it's coming coming from Lamar, who was essentially a game winner for them. This is a game winning quarterback, right? T- Ryan Tannehill is not that. He needs the pieces around him, and he's he's just not going to be, especially in that division. You are taking a step back, a a, a huge few steps back. Come on. And, and like David already said, you still have to pay him. So you paid him to live in the basement? Nah,
0: brother, cannot work. So, you know, I am, all right, I agree with you, both of you, that stepping from Lamar Jackson to Ryan Tannehill is going to be a step down. It is going to be a step backwards. However, it's a less of a step. To go from Lamar Jackson to Ryan Tannehill than it is to go from Lamar Jackson to Tyler Huntley for an entire season. Well, I agree there. I agree there. And you look at the options that they have right now, still available on the quarterback market. Would you prefer them to go get uh, Matty Ice? Would you prefer them to go get... Cancel it? No, but I mean, if I
2: could speak for all Ravens fan, and David, I'm gonna let you jump in right in after me. What I prefer is that they pay Lamar some some GB money. If 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 the other option is Ryan Tannehill and you still have to pay him, like find some way to pay Lamar. That's all, David. You could you could jump yeah. in. here.
1: the only thing I could say with Ryan Tannehill is he knows how to hand the ball off to a good running back. So J.K. Dobbins would be very happy if uh, if Tannehill came. But yeah, I think if I were to invent some other quarterback in the league right now that I would have maybe Jordan love, you know, if Aaron Rodgers decided to go back to the Packers, but mm. I, uh there were also some reports recently that the Ravens are still doing their due diligence on all the quarterbacks in, in, uh, in this year's draft class. And okay. I, I think I've seen a, a mock or two that shows the Ravens trading up or packaging Lamar in a trade to, to go get an Anthony Richardson or somebody like that. So mm. I think it's a bit of posturing, but we'll see what happens in the draft too.
0: So I did a quick check here just now because I know we did say that they would still have to pay him. But, well, Tannehill right now for 2023, he is looking at $36.6 million in contract. This is $4 million more than what the Ravens have Lamar on the hook for with the franchise tag. About four million dollars less than what Daniel Jones is getting. That Lamar Jackson is not going to take less than. So, I mean, when you say A, you have to say B. It's like if we don't have Lamar and we're stuck with Huntley, then we know for sure we're coming last in the division. That that is a guarantee. So, I mean,
2: yeah, but you I, I do I, worse at Hill for can. a year. I kind of see it like, if you were to buy a car and like a, a, the two the two to, the two thousand twenty three model is like a couple grand more than the twenty twenty two model and has a lot more features and could do a lot more. Like, wouldn't you just make that investment and and just get the newer model one time instead of taking a step back? That's kind of how I see it. I mean, that's just me. I I this, we're not. I don't own millions of dollars, so I can't you know I can't speak to that level. But I just kind of think I. I'd rather pay for convenience of, 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 of having the convenience of having a quarterback who I know can actually win me games in tight situations. Because the one thing we have been seeing for the last couple of seasons was that Lamar had absolutely nothing to work with and that he was pulling games out of his behind on his own. In certain cases, imagine, imagine Ryan Tannehill having nothing to work with. Ryan Tannehill had to have, a, 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 at some points, a combination of Derrick Henry Corey Davis, um, what's the other boy? They they brought in Julio. What's the other J. one? AJ Brown, right at right, the left. AJ right. Brown and Julio, and, and then uh, for a point in time, Jonu Smith and some others, and still couldn't advance anywhere in the in the in the um, pool, well as far as enough as they wanted in the postseason. So imagine now with Rashard Bateman, uh, um, OBJ, Nelson Aguilar. Come on, man. Come on, <laughs> let's not do that. <laughs>
0: It's about it, we understand how you feel about Aguilar because I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was your guy or your squad until he decided to to head over. Beat me in a Super
2: Bowl and then come back and play absolute foolishness.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I can I can feel you I can feel your pain, sir. But the thing is, I'm looking right now. I just did a quick Google search, and it said that I, the Ravens had. 10 10 10.3 million dollars in cap space that is with lamar currently at the 32 million with the franchise tag so david it kind of up against the cap i don't know how you can pay lamar 40 45 million dollars well not 40 because he's not playing on 40 so 42 to 45 million dollars this season when your cap situation looks
1: as tight as it does. I think that does include after the tag, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, I think there's some ways to get creative with the players that have agents and who converts their who's converts their salary into a signing bonus. And, you know, we certainly see that enough. The Ravens are using void years for the first time ever. Something, Ken, I think you're very familiar with from your Saints, uh, which is, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But I, I think they're ready to get creative to make it work. Once all the pieces are put together.
0: Yeah, now you mentioned that void year thing. How do you guys feel about this void year? Adding voided years to a contract so you can spread a signing bonus over a number of years. How, you, how do you actually feel about that?
2: I mean, I, I actually never thought about it deeply. I just, I, I had just kind of accepted that, you know, it's just kind of a way to get around. Um, having to pay out too many large sums of money and then just being able to like build up a roster. Like I I'd never thought about it because I I feel like it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like the concept of higher purchase back in the day. And which is which is still something that's more common nowadays, but people don't call it higher purchase. It's like, you know, paying off stuff over time might still even still mm-hmm. end up paying a little extra. But you know, it, it allows you being able to spread out payments, it it takes some of this thing off of having to put out such a large sum of money at once. So um, I, I just, I'd I never thought about it since as as you asked. I mean, I'll listen to what you all think, but I, I, I didn't really have a big problem with it, to be honest.
1: What were you doing? You know, it's just, it's a bit of a way to game the system. I know this isn't an EPL podcast, but I know you're both soccer fans and, you know, it's like Chelsea giving out a 10 year deal to, you know, to play the financial fair play rules and, you know and and get around things like that when you when, when you pay a lot, a lot of money for a guy so i just see it as another a legal loophole yeah, yeah i
0: mean this is the nfl version of clarna you know, where you go to buy something online and you say, <laughs> "Hey, you can either pay all of it right now, or you can pay this in four installments." So... A firm after yeah, you
2: you already know Klarna, all of them. That's <laughs> the NFL version. Yeah,
0: I, I use them so. Yeah, huh? I mean, fair enough. For me personally, and I guess I'm the one that's best positioned on this panel to talk about this void year thing because that is what the sailors do. It every single year we are so over the cap every single season but we have these four years talked on somebody's salary five years talked on where it is not as if to say that we haven't paid all of the money up front it's just that for the accounting purposes we are able now to amortize that payment over a number of years where it doesn't hit the cap all at once even though the bensons have already written that check. My issue, where the void years thing is concerned, is that there is always going to come a point where you will have to pay the piper. You will have to write all of those checks that you've been promising, and your cap situation is going to look like mess. Because sooner or later, all these guys still have to be paid. And then you're not going to have any money to pay the guys that are actually going to play for you. So, for me personally, and I've, I think I said this to you, AJ, maybe like two weeks ago, I'd like the Saints to just decide this year is the throwaway year. We're letting all of these big salaries hit the cap this year so we can get out of this situation. Because you can only have so many players on your roster, right? You can only pay so many people. If your cap is $200 million and you have $40 million tied up, paying cap charges from two or three years ago, you only have $160 million now to commit to everybody else. It is creative accounting, but down the road, it is going to hamstring your team. So I'd, I'd rather let it cut my hamstrings now and let me take the year to heal and come back next season, having a huge amount of cap to work with, rather than having to deal with these nickel and dime situations that we've had to deal with over these last couple of years. All right, so, David, we will not torture you on your ravens anymore, because there's something there's something else that is major that is starting or has started today, and that is the NBA play-in tournament. The playoffs have officially begun where in the past it used to be the top eight teams that will make it to the playoffs. Now we have the top six teams in each conference that are definitely in and then we have positions seven through ten who are competing with each other for the opportunity to make the seventh and eighth seed. Now what is also interesting here is that for the this is the third year, I think, or fourth year of us having the play-in tournament no team that has qualified for the NBA playoffs through the play-in tournament has made it out of the first round so they really they've been playing for the the um the opportunity to get knocked out by whoever is the number 1 or 2 seed in the playoffs so aj i saw you shaking your head immediately from the time i mentioned the word play in so tell the poll do you feel about the play in
2: oh my god so since we started david let me give you a little history here bro (laughs) from the time we began this podcast and ken i think this is the third year because i'm pretty sure they started in 2021 that's what it was Mm. um it was after the bubble if i'm not mistaken so it was 2021 this will be the third year By the time we started this and that playing crap started, I said I did not like it. I don't like the fact that now there are more teams, two-thirds of the league now has a chance to go beyond the regular season. You're already playing 82 games to try to get yourself into a playoff spot. Now, two extra teams have an 83rd game to try to get themselves in position to get beat in another seven-game series. I mean, good grief. Do we really need to add that one game just for the sake of money? I, I, You know what? the The thing is, right? I don't think that I, I, I've been thinking about it a lot more, especially since you brought this question up for today, right, Ken? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously, because we had a rundown before. I don't think it is that I am completely against the idea of a play-in tournament. I don't like this format. I think it's just adding more garbage to the disposal, basically. Like, I, I don't think we need. 10 teams from each conference doing this. You know, and and you know what kind of irks me about it too? You know that in the NBA, the NBA and the NHL are the only two teams, only two leagues, sorry, where the teams who finish up the top of their conference don't, basically, there's like no advantage besides like having home court slash field slash whatever, right? In the MLB, the MLS and NFL, those number one conferences, of course, we you know, like they have a bye, they have a bye week, they have a little rest. In the the reason why it's actually kind of different, so like I said, the NHL and the NBA are different, and the reason why it's more understandable in the NHL is because those number ones is actually going as division champs as opposed to conference champs. So then those division um, winners play the wild card teams because there's only four divisions in, in total, so it's like two and two. So they go in as not conference champions, conference champions, uh, or conference leaders, so that's understandable. But at the end of the NBA season, we forget all about divisions because it's, it's, it's just the Eastern and Western Conference and then whoever is the first is A, so they're going in as, as conference le- leaders. The only benefit, the only benefit to all of that, to, to getting through the regular season with uh, 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 an, a, the most stellar record in your conference it's just being able to have home court, which, which in itself is a good thing. But that's about it. And then, no, to add insult to injury, don't you have teams playing off for a chance to lose more games? Like, really? More teams playing off for a chance to lose more? Like, seriously? All the way down to 10? I, I, I mean, I, I, I get the appeal because, to be honest, since I think since the playing has started, like, we've seen uh, uh, kind of like a roller coaster of teams. Some teams who started in the plane like a few years ago or now playoff teams or they might be out. And then, you know, like like it's been a rotation, but it just seems absolutely pointless to me beyond the monetary value of it. It just seems absolutely pointless. And I don't even get excited about it because let's be real. Like, I mean, a one-off game just does present that sort of excitement, like college ball, because anything can happen on the, on the night. Right. But, I mean, I, I I just don't care for it. I don't like for what reason? Like let, let a number eight seed play the number one seed in a one-off game or something. Let that be the excitement. I I just like reformat it some other way. This six to ten this seven to ten thing, it 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 is absolutely useless to me.
0: <laughs> what were you, David? Because you know AJ has he hasn't told us how he really feels. So
1: <laughs> I respect your opinion. I love the playing. I think it's great. I I mean, I'm a huge college basketball fan, so you know, come every March. I love to see the Cinderellas. I love to see the, you know, the the Princetons who are a fifteen seed who's gonna go in and you know, make a great run to the Elite Eight or, or Sweet Sixteen. And I, I think it's great. I think it actually takes takes some of the tanking away. You know, you've got the teams that are like, Oh wait, I can actually fight and make the playoffs this year versus just, you know, giving it up as soon as they realize they're not gonna hit that eighth seed. So I enjoy it. I think it's fun. I think it kind of brings a little bit of that chaos that we saw in the bubble, you know, during COVID. So I'm, I'm definitely a fan. See, you know, I have to
0: break the tie. And I am more on the side of David than I am on the side of AJ. Anyone who has heard of me talk about the playing tournament but no, that I've, I've actually said that I kind of like it though. I, I kind of like the concept of the playing because a lot of what we find in terms of like the basketball is that the best player on the floor usually is a very large determining factor in who wins a series because you have seven games and more than likely the better team is going to win a seven game series but when you have that single game elimination thing (laughs) happening anything can go anything can go down it's like the the allure of having a game seven in a playoff series where it literally comes down to turn out tonight, win the game and go forward or lose and go home. That additional pressure now is where we get to see what some teams are made of, who actually has the stuff, and who deserves to be home. So I I like the playing. I've I've come to like the plan and the excitement of the playing because otherwise it's like the perfect leading to the playoffs for me because you you come off of the the long 82 game season where i mean let's be real most of us might watch the basketball early in the season and then we'll watch the basketball late in the season but when you see those games that lock your around between february and march Nobody really. Like, it's a good thing that the All Star break comes there because nobody really cares. The, the All Star break is what then gets people going. Okay, now we should start paying attention to basketball again. So, I like to play.
2: I, yeah, you know who likes to play as well, Patrick Beverly. Uh, look how that turned out, <laughs> man. I, I like I said, I, I think it's more that I just dislike this format. I just, it just feels, it feels like the English Championship playoff. Mm. Like, where the first, the top two teams get relegated, and then you have like a, a bunch of teams below that playing off for one more spot. When, and then getting a trophy for essentially coming third and winning a play. I'm like, really? <laughs> I, I just feel like they could be reformatted. But then again, this is only the third year. I'll, I'll give them a buy on that, right? Because you never know. They may find some other creative ways to get it done. But I really hope it doesn't stay. I, I, again, this is like the one league that has more than half. Uh, of of the teams being able to have a chance to get into the playoffs like ugh. get out yeah, of here
0: but, but even before we had the play tournament half of the league was making it into the playoffs because and that was already to... a
2: problem that was already a problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah but yeah, at least at least that 16... was
1: just
0: over half nowhere at two thirds
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean it is it is what it is we know that the main reason that they did it was not necessarily for the teams to get the opportunity to make it into the tournament; is for the money. And right now, in the views, I'm, I'm pretty still sure watch
2: it though. I mean, I'm 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 stupid like that. I'm still watching.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the teams that have made it into the playing right now, they, these games that are both tonight and tomorrow night are probably going to be the highest-rated games in the NBA until we probably reach the finals. So in the first round of the play-in tonight we have the Hawks the Atlanta Hawks they are taking on the Miami Heat in Miami and then well for the Eastern Conference and then the Bulls the Chicago Bulls are going up north to Toronto to play against the Raptors so David who do you have winning these two
1: playing games I mean, I will say I pay a lot more attention to the Western Conference than I do the Eastern Conference. I also already know who's currently leading the Hawks and Heat game. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the Raptors will pull it off. I think they have the playoff experience to, to beat the Bulls tomorrow for sure. Okay. AJ, do you have the same picks, or do you
0: believe that something different is going to happen?
2: Um, I was for tomorrow. I was going to say the Raptors as well because of that same thing, like just the experience. And the Bulls are a young team, still trying to get it together. So I think making the play in itself is sort of like an achievement for them this season. Um, because I mean, yeah, they they need to start this entire project over basically. So I I won't be surprised if the Raptors take that game at home. Obviously, they're going to go out after that because playing teams don't do anything, but. I'll, I'll take the Raptors tomorrow. As for tonight, I, I, because we are – that game is going on them, I don't even know what to, what to say. I, my pick would have been the Heat, so let's see how that finishes.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I, I actually do agree that the Raptors – they expect the Raptors to beat the Bulls. The Bulls have not been a very good team for the majority of the season. They started out relatively hot, and then they have cooled all the way off. So, I don't think that they're going to have enough to get them past the Toronto Raptors, you know, in Toronto especially. I also did expect that the Heat would have beaten the Hawks because, well, I'm not a fan of Trae Young. I've not hidden my feelings where he is concerned. Um, But somehow they're up 15 on the Heat at the half as we are recording this. So, that is something to to pay attention to all right and then for the Western Conference we have the Lakers they're hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves today and then the Thunder are going over to New Orleans tomorrow so David who do you have to come out of the West in these two games I would I'm gonna go with the Lakers and the Thunder Okay, so the Lakers and the Thunder. I know if the T Wolves because the Lakers are seven and eight, so if the T Wolves losing, then the T Wolves play the Thunder. I think on Friday, no, on Saturday. So who
1: wins that one? You know, to stick with the uh, the Cinderella runs from college basketball, I'm going to go with the Thunder. I could I could see them sliding in at eight.
0: Okay. So, then you have the Lakers. They'll be playing against the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. And the Thunder, they'll be going up against, I got to say, our David because that's where we are, our Denver Nuggets in in the first round of the playoffs. So, AJ, who do you have coming out of the West?
2: Yeah, I'm, I was actually on the same train of thought with David there. I, I have the Lakers over the, the Wolves to, um, for tonight. And then I... <laughs> I feel I just had a sneaky. There's no way all four home teams can win, so I had to pick an away team to pull off a victory. And I feel like out of all of these matchups, that one could be the Thunder. That, that, this was like heading into tonight. Yeah, so I, I was going to go with the Thunder as well, so I'm going to stick with that pick.
0: So, I mean, I guess this, this section is, is lacking controversy because <laughs> I, I have to agree as well. I don't believe that it, the Timberwolves, especially in the wake of Rudy Gobert punching slow-mo on the weekend, that they're going to have enough cohesion necessary to beat LeBron James and the Lakers. This is not to say that I believe in the Lakers. I just don't believe in the Thunder. And then, sorry, in the T-Wolves. And then the Thunder and the Pelicans. The Pelicans, well, they were missing the right pick to make the playoffs. Well, did they say the playoffs are playing? I think I had them as the sixth seed. And they... They looked good early on, and then they fell off spectacularly. Injuries have not helped them at all. Um, Grand Theft Alvar- Alvarado, he's been hurt for quite a while. We know that Zana Williamson, he is off the floor more than he's on, so that was always going to be a case where they were concerned as well. So, yeah, I, I have the Lakers to go up against the two-seed Grizzlies, and then the Thunder to be the AFC to play against the Nuggets. But I'm really interested to see what that two seven is gonna look like if it does indeed work out to be the the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. I hate the Grizzlies. I really don't like the Grizzlies at all, at all, at all. So I'd be happy if the, the, um, the Lakers could knock them off, but also in fact, I want not talk about the Lakers tonight. That would probably keep us here. That's Wait, an entire other know. discussion. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because the Lakers have been the team close to my heart for a while, until that interloper
2: came. Wait, Dave, David. Who's your NBA team? You You are a Denver fan. Yeah, I'm a Denver fan. I wasn't. Oh, I
1: wasn't really a big NBA fan until I moved to. Okay. okay. Moved to Denver and. Gotcha. Yeah. I do not yeah. like the back-to-back MVP. <laughs> But you gotta
0: also remember too. So like David, he he came from the the Maryland area, mm-hmm. right? And from what I come to come to understand is that most people from Maryland, their basketball team would actually end up being the Wizards, who have not won fifty games in my lifetime. So yeah, why would you do yeah. that to yourself? Yeah, no. <laughs> but David it has been fun though. It has been great having you here. We have. Definitely enjoyed your tastes where the Ravens are concerned. One of these That's days, when we are having a more um, soccer centric conversation, we'll bring you back because I would like you to have. Well, we often have conversations with regards to your Manchester United, and you know that would be a fun discussion to have. Hopefully, it will be at a time when you won the weekend on that weekend and not lost because most <laughs> of the time when I would have thought to bring a United fan on. It's probably after a loss. That's so. fair. There have been a lot of them lately, so you
1: know <laughs> the last couple of years. But uh, in ten hog, we trust. So
0: uh, I, I, I am with you there. Right now, you are showing the, um, the green shoots of recovery. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, AJ David is not one of the irrational United fans. I so look forward
2: yeah. to having some convos then.
0: Yeah, yeah, we can have we can actually have a, a, a decent conversation yeah. with him as opposed to you know, those that were saying that, you know, United were in the title race even though like I, I mentioned last week they were looking to top out at seventy six points. <laughs> and we've not seen a league winner. Uh-huh. Top out at seventy six points probably since before the Premier League had started. Yeah. But that's a good spot for us to land this episode for this week, David. We definitely do want to thank you for coming. We would love to have you back again at some point. We will definitely talk about that, discuss yeah. when that will be. Hopefully it will be, maybe, you know, if Lamar signs, then we can bring you back where you can you can drink a glass drink. of champagne. Yep. Exactly, <laughs> I'll pop, pop the bottle and uh,
1: no, this has been great. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, thanks this for this being great. on, man, for real. Yep, definitely. And as always,
0: you know, we thank you for spending some time with us. Any point of time, any amount of time that you've given to us in your day, we appreciate it. We do not take that for granted. As always, we invite you to like this video if you're watching it on YouTube or if you're liking it if you're watching it on Facebook. Go ahead and like it. Hit the notification bell. Subscribe to the channel so that you'll know every time that we're on. If you're listening to us on any of the audio platforms, thank you so much as well. We don't take this for granted, and we hope that you'll be with us next week when we are back again for another episode of the green Beach podcast so as always that is aj he is the green i'm ken i am the beige and we will see you next time